Welcome back to this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Thank you for the downloads and sharing music, and thank you for participating on the Facebook page. Got Jason here with me. What is up? What is what is up? I don't know, man. It's cold. I'm tired of the cold. There's a bunch of snow on the ground, and you know that's what's up. And I don't like it. What's up with you? Yeah, it's it's February, so now it's really gonna get serious. We're I like I guess 50 below wind chills on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In Ohio, we're gonna have single digit highs and like low negative, like minus three or something, which is very un. It's very rare for us, but it's not you. It's not minus 50. Right. Right. Yeah. So. But you but, know. Go ahead. You know what I'm going to do this week? What um, what are you going to do this week? I think you may see some live music. Is that what I heard? That's like next week. but Oh, next week. Week after? No, next week, right? But this week, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit with my eyes open. You're going to what? <laughs> I'm going to edit with my eyes open. Edit with your eyes open? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, people don't go, like... Yeah, that was a great interview with Jane Lee Hooker. And what, what are these guys talking about junkyard again for? <laughs> How many people told you that? Only you. Oh, well, then it doesn't matter. Nobody yeah, heard it. Right. I just heard it. <laughs> well, I know I'm laughing about it, so I'm not going to. It was uh, unique. It's like when you'd get one of those um, baseball cards or something that had a misprint on it that became yeah. you know worth a lot of money. I just I was funny because I was listen- I was eager to listen to that interview because I thought it was a good conversation. And it went like right in the junkyard. I was like, Junkyard? Did Brian just misspeak a name? Then, like, it kept going, nope, it's Junkyard. And then I'm going to double check, too. Well, the thing I do is I keep my files for too long. It's like I got files from, like, four episodes ago. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't need that anymore. Once it's on, once it's on the hosting platform, it's there for good, so. Don't not... file hoard, man. Don't be a file hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a hoarder. It's just being freaking lazy. But you did have the right song at the end, which was funny too. Oh, right. I listened through the sure, whole yeah. thing, and I'm like, "Is it going to be Junkyard?" It was Jane Lee Hooker, so it was it was hilarious. Yeah, I, yeah. I got a big kick out of it. I thought it was funny. Well, talking about Jane Lee Hooker, like you and I both watched uh, the live stream to to hopefully keep uh, the Arlene's Grocery open, which is a venue in New York City. Um, so we got to see the one song with Jane, who I that song I hadn't heard before. Is that going to be their next single off their new album? Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll I, find out. I thought that Tina or Tracy had said that to us, either you know through conversations or on this podcast. I can't remember. Right. I liked it. It was more, it was more bluesy, kind of their traditional stuff, where Jericho is more of a '70s arena rocker. But I like both. I like both songs. Right, right. They're a good um, live act. 
So there's one other, you know, I liked that it was a diverse kind of thing. Um, oh, was, it was diverse. <laughs> <laughs> it was diverse. The 80s called, they want their band back. Was, <laughs> and I'm pretty those, sure. Those guys were sure. all dressed in white. <laughs> they they looked like 1981 Motley Crue, but sounded like 1992 Trickster. <laughs> there was a used to be a band called Angel that was all dressed in white like that. But um, one band that I liked was Ten Ton Mojo. That particular song. Um, so I went to listening to other stuff, and they're they're like heavier on like Southern yeah. Governor. That song that they played that night seemed like a little more not quite as heavy. Which was well, either way, it's fine. But uh, so have you listened to other stuff from them? Because that's the only song I heard. Some stuff on YouTube. You know, okay. checked out a little bit. I liked them. They they looked like a rock, a southern rock band, a rock band. And yeah. They sounded, they, I thought they sounded really good. Yeah. And there was like maybe one or two other in, kind of semi-interesting things, but a lot of it was just kind of out of my wheelhouse. But cool did what they're see, doing for that venue. It's great what they're doing for that venue. And before I kind of talk about the venue, did you see the one band? They're almost like performance artists. It was a male and a female. And I'm pretty sure they were like having sex or getting ready to have sex while they played. <laughs> and they were like in a room or an apartment or something playing. Did you right. catch that one? It was weird. You know, when I turned it on, like I, 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 you know, obviously I wanted to watch Jane Lee Hooker. Yeah. So like I had it on and I wasn't really like right there, like watching. And somehow I missed them like during the first one, but then you could replay it. Right. Right. Um, and I, I think I was at first, you know, what was funny is like I, I had messaged uh, Tracy. I'm like, well, tonight when you're playing, can you mention, can you mention uh, like the podcast mention, you know, like the new group and all that? Um not knowing that it had been pre-recorded, but you know, I didn't know they were only playing one song, so I, I, I probably could have just like looked down for a couple minutes and then, you know, not seen it. So, but uh, so yeah, I don't know if I, cause like the second time around, I just like fast forwarded to get to, to Jane and then to Ten Ton Mojo. I listened to some of the clips. I thought it was nice having different people that worked at Arlene's and kind of explaining either about. Right. performers or the history of the venue because th- this venue has a lot of history to it that i had no idea about until i started researching well the first time i heard of that is when rich robinson played there i don't know it may have even been back when he was doing the hookah brown thing with john hogg mm-hmm. it may Sounds have been right. back that far or it may have been when he was doing some of his you know actual rich robinson solo band stuff and that's the first time i heard of that place so like a real grocery store then butcher shop <laughs> Two buildings or two rooms added together. Um, started in the 90s. Uh, Jeff Buckley played there. And then that was the home base, apparently, of the Strokes, too. Okay. And then became the home base of the Bravery once the Strokes broke and the Bravery had a brief moment in the sun. Right. So, you know, it's a sounds like it's a, been a pretty integral part of the rock scene. And seeing the different artists that have come through on that performance, you could tell they, they catered to a lot of different things. This one style, one, one um this one do one style, and they had some um, um, employees perform too. Did you catch that? They had kind of had a house band, and some of the employees sang. Yeah, I saw that. Like where there was like different people singing, but the band looked the same. Yes, it was cool. It was, it was well done. Like man, oh, hopefully they made enough money to stay in operation for long enough to get some music or some things going on. Um, I'm on the Arlene's Grocery website right now, and why they don't have merch up yet, they're promising it too. So. Okay. so 
anybody who's listening, check out the website for Arling's Grocery. Try to buy some merch or something from them, and let's keep it going. It's a, it's a cool place. Yeah. Yeah, and I mentioned the other group. You know, I want to uh, plug that a little bit. I, You know, after it was towards the tail end, I think it's when we got done talking to Tracy and Tina after we were done rolling, and I asked them about their fan Facebook pages, and there was a couple that just had a couple people on it. So I'm, like, asking, hey, like, hey, I could be an administrator for that. And then I talked to Greg, their manager, and everybody's like, yeah, cool. So now we have Black Rats, the fans of Jane Lee Hooker, and that's a song, Black Rat on their spiritist record. Mm -hmm. So I, I see other groups that are, they're going to named after something, a song or something about the band, you know, a little more, a little more uh, clever. So coming in on 40 people almost. So you're doing a good job promoting them for sure. I hope they, you know, appreciate that. I know we've yeah. had a lot of our friends, our other guests who've been on here and just listeners join. Right. So let's keep it going. They're a really good band. They deserve, uh, they deserve some fanfare. Yeah. So we'll talk about what you were when I said, "Hey, you know what I'm going to do this week?" And you're like, "You're going to see a going to see a band." <laughs> so January 20th, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, going to see Them Dirty Roses. I'm really excited. Uh, it's just uh, you know I, I've been I've been telling you know we've been talking to Andrew you know as we do often and uh, saying, "Hey, how grateful I am for those guys to come up to the Midwest." Because a lot of the bands that aren't real big yet, like, you know, they just they don't come up that far. It's understandable, you know, but those guys coming up to, to they were uh, in some town uh, east of Minneapolis here a couple weeks back, and I didn't make that one. So I got my chance to redeem myself, and they've been playing in Nebraska and stuff. So I'm really excited to, to see them because my last show was Blackberry Smoke in September of 2019 in St. Paul. So I'm pretty, pretty I'm pumped. I don't even, re I honestly, at this point, don't remember um, my last live show, when it was and who it was. Yeah. Not bad. Maybe. No idea. <laughs> what was it, like uh, Magpie or, or As the Crow Flies? or? I saw, oh, man, like, so last summer, I, I ended up seeing the Stray Cats on their 40th anniversary tour. Nice. I saw Blackberry Smoke, and I saw Government Mule play. Just a, you know, I saw a slew of people play, but I can't tell you who was the last band I saw play. Like, but no I, well, basically summer 2019, though. Summer, yeah, yeah, end of summer, beginning of fall, right? And then I had a bunch of shows lined up um, this past year to see all sorts right. of stuff. Blackberry Smoke again. Um, who else? CZ Top, uh, the Crows, the Black Crows. Like, yeah. I had a slew of stuff just ready to go, and it went. You know, so right, right, yeah. I'm ready for live music. You better. So when you see that show and we do our next podcast, I'm going to interview you about the show. But you need okay. to post some video to the Facebook. Well, yeah, I definitely. I like I said, I was talking to Andrew and like, hey, I want to try and get some, uh, do some Facebook Live stuff. Hopefully before the show, I'll probably get there. Hopefully a couple hours before it starts, and so, you know, maybe they'll be doing load in or sound check or something. But it'll definitely get a couple minutes of just talking about the gig or whatever. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that, man. I'm really, it's, it's, it's about time and shows are starting to come back a little bit, a little know, bit, a little bit. So those guys that, are coming to my neck of woods at the very end of February to a place called 33 rhythm and blue rhythm right. and brews in Wapakoneta, Ohio, home of Brian winter, the drummer of my band and also my okay. friend and the hometown of or birthplace of Neil Armstrong. Can you pronounce uh, that again? What? 
Wapa Canetta. Wapa Canetta. Okay. Wapa Canetta, and people call it Wapak or Wapak. Okay. So okay. that's kind of the short. Right on. It, you know, we were chatting with Andrew Davis and then Scotty Bratcher a little bit last night, and Bratcher doesn't live too far from there too, so he may go. I'll take a look at my schedule and what the right kind of the COVID situation is around those yeah, parts. Yeah, right, right, right. And uh, we'll see because I have not had it yet, and I, my plan is not have it. <laughs> Right, yeah, and I have so, and I'm, I'll still do. So the you're immune, son of a that. bitch. But well, yeah, I don't know about immune, but something. You're, I don't want to get it from someone else and then give it to someone else either. Yeah. So, and that, and that's the whole thing about all this. Why we right. wear a mask and social distance, right? It's not about us; it's about other people. So you're a good man. I don't care what anybody says. You're a right. good man. Well, thank you. So I wanted to talk about it. You know, we our theme is like just talking about. You know, behind the scenes, people behind the scenes that support the bands, fans, you know, hopefully we'll get around to some promoters and, and some, you know, maybe light and sound people and managers and whatnot. You know, I've, I've exchanged a couple emails with some folks like that. But uh, as I just mentioned, uh, being the Facebook administrator for the Jane Lee Hooker group and the administrator for all things blues and Southern rock. Yeah, I really want to, we want to talk about, you know, those folks that, that are playing a big part in social media and promoting all these bands that we like. Yeah, for sure, because as we're hearing more and more, one, um, social media is about the only good way to get your sound out or your name out to the masses. And two, they need people that like them, that are friends or family or like the band to help them out because they also don't have the capacity to really pay or hire people full time to do that. So it really takes people like you, um, the, our guests who we're speaking to, to take a, a labor of love on. Right. You know, and I, you know, we hear so much about how, you know, all the bad aspects of social media. But, you know, this is one way where it really is really good. And, and like you said, in these days, like this is the way bands promote themselves, you know. So, you know, I try to just stick to that, the music. And on my regular page is pictures of dogs. But, you know, <laughs> you know, what's going music on and dogs, dogs, everybody loves. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so this this, in, in my opinion, is, is something, you know, like, you know, I don't know if we could be doing this without social media. We probably couldn't, you know. It's just given us such an avenue to be just part of the part of this community and, you know, and part of uh, supporting these bands. So, yeah, um, but don't forget, you run our Twitter account. Well, yeah. And I get late to the late to the jump on getting stuff on there. I'm so used to just doing Facebook. So but I post and I tag the band. I tag our our, right. our, our Twitter page, but then I run the Instagram. So which yeah. I'm learning Instagram, which I really never knew a lot about before. So that's been fun. Right, right. So our guest uh, today is Carrie Gates, who's down south, and she, uh, Knoxville, I believe, um, she is the Facebook administrator for uh, Tennessee Champagne, the Georgia Thunderbolts, and Jive Mother Mary, all of whom have had someone in their band on the podcast, and We'll have uh, Jive Mother Mary coming up here, you know, a month down the road or something like that a little bit later. Um, and she does such a tremendous job uh, with all that. She also helps out Otis. And, you know, she's, uh, well, like I actually say, she's a major player down there, <laughs> you know, doing doing in the, the Southern Rock community and in, in the social media community for this music. You know, so it's, it's, you know, a joy for us to talk to her. And, you know, when she, we asked her, you know, she's going to, you know, try to do some things for us, some, you mm -hmm. know, Facebook live things for us, 
for some of the shows that she's down there going to. And but the one that I thought was really cool that she you know showed us that uh, the drummer for uh, for the Georgia Thunderbolts, Bristol Perry, like his mom, like helps or runs their merch or helps run it or something. So sure. that's going back to that family support that you talked about. Got to have friends and family to make it work these days. You don't have those giant payrolls of the record company behind you. You got to take what you can get. Right. And so we've given you about, uh, you know, well, you've given us, the listeners, you've given us about 15 minutes to, like, chatter. So I think we're just going to go right into it, and we want everybody to enjoy our interview with Miss Carrie Gates. Welcome back to our guest segment this week on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Uh, as always, I throw this over to Jason to tell the listeners who our guest is today. Thank you, Brian. Hey, we're, we're glad to have on here Carrie Gates, who's an administrator for a lot of the bands on social media that we've been uh, showcasing. And she does a lot of things for the Southern Rock music community. So, Carrie, we're glad to have you on. How you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me. So, Carrie, like how, let's start out with like how you got into this kind of music. Like for how long have you been in, into this kind of music that, that we have on, on podcast? And when did that start? How did it all start out? So, it's kind of a funny story. Um, a little over two years ago, um, I met my current boyfriend and we had not been out on a date. And he invited me to a Blackstone Cherry concert. And uh, so that good was start. A- good start. Yep. I, I knew he was a keeper at that point. So um, it was their home show in Kentucky. And uh, that was our first uh, concert. And it was a great time. And then two weeks later, we went and saw Job Mother Mary. So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. And we, we talked to Chris uh, towards the end of December. And we've I've talked to Mason for a little bit, too. But so... Like, at what point did you then start to get involved with the social media aspect of, of all this? Well, I've always loved music. Music's been a big thing. I had a brother that was 14 years older than me, so I can remember being very little, listening to Ozzy, you know, and Kiss in his bedroom with him. So when I met Greg and, you know, we were, I've always liked live music. I think live music cannot be beat. You know, you can listen to it at home and all that, but live music is great. So we go to these gigs and um, we just start talking to them. I can remember when we went to see Jive Mother Mary the first time, it was a little place called the Great Eagle and they had a little restaurant outside and all of them were sitting there just eating and we just started talking to them. And as you get to talking to them, you talk about all kinds of things, you learn all kinds of things about them and they get to know you and they see you at the gigs and they talk to you, they become familiar and you just get to be really good friends. And um, we got to know the Georgia Thunderbolts that way because we have a lot of friends in, in Blackstone Cherry. And so 
we introduced ourselves at the first gig to the Georgia Thunderbolts and it was just clicked and they were looking for somebody to run their social media and they asked us if we would do it. And, uh, it kind of went from there. And the next thing I know, Mason asked me if I would run the, the monastery, which is now the jive hive. And, you know, and then there was Chris from Tennessee champagne. So. That's so great. We kind of met everybody in succession then, kind of one after the other, or something like that, or? Yeah, so um, we just, we tend to go to quite a few shows. Our kids are older. Our youngest ones are juniors in high school. So we have free time to do stuff that we want to do. And uh, so we we met them. We go to, you know, you go to some Steelwoods gigs. And if you're not afraid to talk to them and they're outside talking, you know, then you get to know them really well, right? Same thing with, you know, different guys from like Whiskey Myers or Them Dirty Roses, Moreno, you buy you that they're just looking, you know, they love to, to talk. And if you can talk to them, they get to know you. And, you know, we're, I'm a pretty personable person. So yeah. I think that that, that helps. <laughs> yeah. And all those guys are really nice too. You know, we've had a lot of, a lot of the people you've spoken to a lot, at least members of the bands on, they're all very personable funny, like engaging. So I could absolutely see how they could take to you or anybody else that was willing to come up and talk to them. Yep. And, you know, they just need help. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these uh, bands, they're doing well just to, you know, they got to book the gigs and get there and unload and, and do all those things. And, and they're looking for help for an admin, you know, a, a, a personal assistant, a girl Friday, somebody they'll just jump in and say, I can do that. I can do this. I can organize that for you. And and that goes a long way because you don't want anything from them. You just want to do it because you want to see them succeed. And, you know, that's it. Yeah. So, you know, good point on that. I want to kind of go back and expand on that a little bit more. Given kind of the state of um, the music industry is in terms of radio, lack of really like an MTV or anything anymore. You know, what is the importance of social media to help bands get out and, and be successful? I mean, I think it's extremely important. So, um, you know, they don't get a lot of mainstream play. You don't hear them on a lot of different, um, you know, even on Sirius XM, you don't hear them on a lot right. of different channels. Right. So what happens is you, you go to these gigs and you get to know also the fans, right? So then you and them together are sharing these stories and sharing these videos and, and sharing all these things about the band and that's how it takes off. And then their hundred friends see it that may have never been to a job mother Mary show. And they're like, oh, I kind of like that sound, you know, and, and it just moves from there. I think it's about the only way it's, it's almost like the new word of mouth type thing. So it just all kind of comes about just from approaching band members at the gigs, you know, like you said, the Blackstone Cherry, just seen them before or after the show or anyone for that matter. And that's just as simple as that. Yeah, really it is. I mean, you know, we've been to several, you know, we've been to several gigs, but we just really like to talk to them. And, and then usually if they need something, they'll just, you know, they'll just say, um, like when we went to sidetracks um, for throttle fest, Mason's like, I don't have anybody to run the merch booth. Would you guys care to run the merch booth? Well, no, I wouldn't care to run the merch booth because <laughs> if they sell some merch, then they make some money, you know, right. and and they need to make some money to stay around or we can't continue to go to live gigs and listen to them. Right. 
it really seems like all this, you know, I shouldn't say it seems like I know it is uh, a lot, a lot of these bands you know with like the guys in Magnolia Bayou, they said, you know, cause I ask, I, I, we tend to ask people like, you know, you see them staying in their home areas and not, not everybody goes up to Nashville, which is, I guess, fairly common. Um, you know, I get, you know, them dirty roses are there, but uh, like when I was asking uh, uh, Drew from Magnolia Bayou, he said, well, we're, we're at in Gulfport, that's our base, and that's where our family is, and that's where all our support is, so why would we why would we move somewhere and, and, and take the chance of getting away from it? Because so, that's, that's what, um, <laughs> that's my dog <laughs> chewing on a bone, and she, like, hit too hard or something. Sorry for the interruption. She sometimes her appearances. I, sometimes I, I bite my tongue when I'm chewing <laughs> things, too. If I close the door, she'll be scratching at it. So, anyway, no, um... So what I noticed too is like uh, when you did the little uh, Facebook live things for us, um, uh, you were talking to Bristol Perry's mom, who she runs the merch for the Georgia or the Georgia Thunderbolts, correct? Yes. You know, so you see that just kind of just family involvement and like, and instead of you know being involved, you know, the way the record industry as I see it from the outside looking in. Seems to be more friends and family orientated instead of, you know, some person from Los Angeles or New York saying, do it like this, do it like that. Are we seeing that, Carrie, because of really these bands don't get like the record contracts and the record contracts with the money they used to. So they're really more relying on people like you or, or family. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Like, for example, Jive Mother Mary has uh, a new album that they're recording. And, you know, they haven't been playing very many gigs. They don't have a lot of money to do it the traditional way. So um, they're looking at something like the Josephines did a Kickstarter for their mm -hmm. album. Um, they're very good friends with Steve Jewell and Boone Froggett from Otis, who have uh, two radio gigs on Wednesday and, and Friday of every week, getting them to promote and assist them. Then, you know, we will do things like promote it on, on social media, look for other avenues like your podcast, for example, to promote that um, new album for them because they've got to find alternate ways in order to get it, especially in this, in this year and last year. Mm -hmm. So what do you see in that when you go, when you go to the shows, you said you're at throttle fest, like um, the enthusiasm and the fans and, and, and you know, one thing uh, that uh, Mason had said that like all the, all the bands down there seem to have like a real camaraderie and support of each other, even though everybody's, in different places, you know, that they got this social media contact that always keeps them sort of together. I mean, are you seeing this, you know, if you go to Thrall Fest and you go to the next, you know, whatever show or festival, are you seeing the same people? Are people traveling, you know, certain distances or, you know, what, what's your, what, uh, what kind of vibe do you get that from the crowd that's going to these gigs? So you do absolutely have some core members that will travel to, to follow bands, you know? So in Blackstone Ferry, you have Cherry Heads and they will follow. Um, I know a couple that has been following them for probably 13 years and will, as long as, you know, it's in the United States, they have followed them. They've even considered going overseas to follow them. Um, Greg and I went to England last year and saw three Blackstone Cherry shows too wow. as well. 
Yeah. So um, the same thing with, you know, Jive Mother Mary, you have people that will go and see them certain places, Georgia Thunderbolts, you know, there's, there's a camaraderie amongst the fans and then there's a camaraderie with the band and the people too, as well. It becomes almost more of like what I would call a family atmosphere type thing. So are you seeing a lot of the fans really crossing over amongst all these other bands that you're talking about? Yes, exactly. A lot of the people that we are friends with, we will see at Them Dirty Roses or and Magnolia Bayou at the Georgia Thunderbolts, um, Steelwoods, Blackstone Cherry, Jive Mother Mary, all of that, because it's a it's a similar genre of music mm-hmm. and they're supporting that genre of music. And the bands are also supporting each other because if the Georgia Thunderbolts do well, and then that also leads into them Dirty Roses doing well because they're all kind of in this same boat together. Yeah, we've heard we've heard really that same sim- sentiment from the bands themselves and why they go out of the way to support each other the way they do. Whether it's put them on a bill, recommend them to do um, you know some publicity somewhere else. Brian, I mean, right? That's kind of a, a, a same story we've heard from the, the artists. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and like, what other places? Like, I know, like. Uh, 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 um, where Throttle Fest was, this name is escaping me for some reason. You just said, it. Um, side yeah, sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's um, that seems to be you know kind of a landmark place that, that bands are going and, and and playing at. You know, like I, I can also, and on a, maybe on a bigger level, I can think of like the shed mm-hmm. um, places mm-hmm. like that. You know. Is that you know? Are are there certain places where you see your where you find yourself? Okay, you've been there again, again. That like that's like bands have to play. We got to play this this pall or this venue. You know, like yeah. sidetracks or like the shed. Yeah, yeah sidetracks is a really good one um, in Alabama. And then you've got what is I've not been there, but the what part of Alabama is it? Mobile is that what you said? Huntsville. Huntsville. Okay. And then in Birmingham, I don't know the name of that club. It's like ZYDCO. I can't think of the name of that one. A lot of those bands will play that one. In um, North Carolina, they'll play the Gray Eagle in Asheville or the Blind Tiger in Greensboro. Um, and in East Tennessee, they'll usually play, um, they used to play Songbirds, which, you know, is going through a revamp right now in Chattanooga. The Signal. Um, Georgia Thunderbolts have played the signal twice mm-hmm. um, in Knoxville. They'll play the shed. They'll also play. Um, there's two places downtown that are owned um, by a couple and it's scruffy city hall and preservation pub. I've seen Otis and job mother Mary, both of those places. And then in Johnson city, they play Capone's. Um, and then Dr. Pepper park is stark, which is in Roanoke is starting to pick up some notoriety with picking up these bands. They had Nick Perry and the thieves there. They've had the Georgia Thunderbolts there open for almond bets. Yeah. I remember that. That was a couple months ago, right? Right. Exactly. So they've, they've started, you know, on those trends. I think they know that these bands start, they bring people, they bring people mm-hmm. that, you know, will follow and come and stay at the hotels close by. Um, and a big one in Kentucky to go to is, um, is the Plaza Theater in uh, Glasgow, Kentucky, because that is the home for Blackstone Cherry. Mm-hmm. So Blackberry Smoke used to do two nights there uh, a couple years ago. Um, you know, the Steelwoods have played there. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown has played there. You know, so you'll see a lot of these bands will repeat to these same clubs. I, I think I've been to the Great Eagle four times in two years. 
um, sidetracks three times. So Capone's multiple times. Uh, Tennessee Champlain plays Capone's and Johnson City's a lot. Okay. To, uh, to what level do you get involved with with some of these gigs, some of these shows? You know, I mean, you got like the Power and Sound revival coming up. Um, we've mentioned uh, having mutual friends, Michelle Williams. Who she, I think, she's more deeply involved with that stuff. To what what level besides the the social media do you do you get involved with the shows at all? Or are you specifically a spectator outside of the part of setting those up? I mean, most of the time I'm a spectator. There is um, there is a festival that's done in Alexandria, Kentucky, called Festival on the Lake. Uh, last year they had the Steelwoods, Josephine's, Georgia Thunderbolts, Brandon Martin um, to that one. Now they will do it again this year. I know the people that run that, which is Larry and Kim Harrod. So, you know, Greg and I have offered our assistance uh, to help with that. And um, but. You know, we know these people. We've made it known that we're willing to help. I mean, just to, you know, because I kind of work in that business. I do a lot of logistics and a lot of branding and whatever else. And I don't, you know, I don't care to work. Neither one of us care to work. So we just really want to see these bands succeed. So we have nothing in it, only that we just want to see them continue to just climb that ladder. Yeah. You know, uh, Kentucky keeps coming up a lot, you know, um, with, you know, of course, we talked to Chris from. Blackstone Sherry, and then, you know, of course, you know, the guys in the Thunderbolts um, that that Richard yeah. took under from the Kentucky Hunters, Headhunters. Well, going there um, to record, right, where the yeah, Kentucky Headhunters, yeah. Took them under their belt, and, you know, I, there's some other people, uh, mutual friend of ours, Lisa Culbertson, who has the uh, Hillbilly Hippie Review Facebook group. Um she has, says a lot about a Kentucky. So it, is there anything you can add to that? Like it, that seems to just be a place like a focus point almost right Yeah, now with Southern rock. I mean, it, it is, it's like, it's, you know, there's a highway that goes up through there. I can't remember if it's 27 or 23 that goes up through that area, you know, where Tyler Childers is from and all of those that, you know, they have, um, that right there in Bristol, which is at the base of Tennessee, you know, in Kentucky and Virginia, right there, you have a country music uh, hall of fame that sits right there. You know, that's the birthplace. And then in Glasgow, you know, you have the Kentucky Headhunters, Blackstone Cherries from Edmonton, which is right next door. Otis, the band is also from Glasgow too, as well. All of these sec- uh, central Kentucky and the Josephines are from Bowling Green and all of those are right in, in there, you know, so um, speaking of that, Bowling Green, a great club that plays a lot of those bands and has for several years is the Spillway. Uh, Robert Baxter has owned that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And they play a lot of gigs there. I think I've seen, um, they used to play Blackstone Chariot back in the day. And one of their videos is actually filmed there with Ron White. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that's pretty close proximity too to Nashville, but you're like an hour or so away, aren't you? Exactly. It's just like an hour north or a little yeah. northeast. And Bowling Green, Bowling Green, Kentucky, also hometown of former Black Crows and current Trigger Hippie drummer Steve Gorman. Steve Gorman, yeah. Little factoid there for you. Every time people say Bowling Green, I'm a, I live in Ohio, and I always think of Bowling Green, Ohio, and there's a Bowling Green State University. It always takes me a second. Kentucky, they're talking Kentucky. Yeah. So. 
But yeah, I mean, Kentucky is great. A lot of those bands, and I think Kentucky Headhunters has helped a lot of those bands too as well. I think that's why it has also become a focal point, you know. I mean, who doesn't want to play from that group in the plaza, which hosted the Kentucky Headhunters from way back when they started? You know, it's like a rite of passage or a legacy almost. In Lexington, there's there's a place there. I can't remember the name of Hopefully you remember. I saw As the Crow Flies there a couple years ago when Chris Robinson was bringing Marcus King and Oddly Freed and all those guys back out to to play and I, I can't remember the name of it. They just re- it was a nice little standalone club in Lexington. Um, gosh, blanking on it. But it, it was nice. You know, it, it probably held fifteen hundred people. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Black uh, Blackberry Smoke, and that's who we pretty much consider to be kind of like the flagship of all this and kind of like the kings of this kind of this kind of genre of music. Um, you know, what? anything you want to add about those guys or, you know, going to their shows or if you've ever talked to them or. Uh, I will tell you, it's a phenomenal experience going to a Blackberry Smoke show. So um, yes, yes. last year I went to the Brothers and Sisters reunion. In nice. Wow. And that was my first exposure to Blackberry Smoke. Sorry, there's a bird clock about to go off. <laughs> we have dogs, we have birds. We, you know, we're animal fans here. <laughs> on the podcast i have my dogs bark it's okay so um that is it starts on thursday night at the shed um it's a brothers and sisters reunion i mean hundreds of people are just walking around talking to each other taking photos people make buttons about the black um the brothers and sisters reunion and pass them out you know to, it, of ones that they like and then you have two nights of shows people stay at the campgrounds and the hotels by there's after parties it is just a phenomenal experience i've also seen them at the tabernacle in atlanta nice. it's the same experience except everybody's out in the parking lot outside mm-hmm. have the exact same experience and it is phenomenal i'll tell you what the brothers and sisters are a really great group and i think that groups like the cherry heads or, or the strikers for Georgia Thunderbolts and all that, because those people also follow blackberry smoke, like blackberry smoke have that whole, it's a really a family atmosphere. They don't tolerate any drama or any issues. Everybody helps everybody out. Like if somebody's sick, they help each other out constantly. I think you have that same camaraderie blends over into these other groups, which gives a momentum and a push to these smaller groups than, than Blackberry Smoke that says, we're going to, we're going to try to carry you farther. We're going to push you guys. We've got your back. That thing. Yeah. And you have the, like the Georgia Thunderbolts are going to open for Blackberry Smoke at the shed this summer, right? That is correct. Friday That's night. It'll be a good show. I mean, you know, the Georgia Thunderbolts, you know, those listening, if you have not checked them out, good young band, they're great live, lots of energy. And I, they, they're going to be, they're going to be something in the world of rock and Southern rock music for sure. They, they are. And I try, we have an Instagram page for the strikers too, as well. So I'm a member. (laughs) The podcast is a member too. (laughs) But I, I try really hard to promote them on the Instagram page and I tag mascot records every time. And I make sure I use the hashtag, you know, these guys are a jewel in your crown because they are, they are a jewel in mascots crown for real. Yeah. You know, my wife and I have seen Blackberry Smoke four times, and we were talking about going to, uh, you know, the, the the homecoming show at the Tabernacle here, whether this year or next year. You know, we got a, I've got a long lost relative down there near Atlanta, so another, 
you know, something else to go to uh, down there. But th- it's cool that you've been to that and then you've been to the family reunion at the shed. That's just awesome. Those are two um, places I want to see for sure. So the shed, like I'm in Ohio, I'm outside Columbus. It's not too far to get where that is at some point. Love to see a show and then the tabernacle just for the history. And I, mm-hmm. you know, those are definitely on my bucket list of two places to go to to see some music. Yeah, East Tennessee is great. I mean, you come to the shed and you're right at the base of the Smoky Mountains. The view is gorgeous. The food's good. You know, the people, everybody here is, you know, friendly. And they're small. They're small little venues, too, outside the shed. So if you're there on, you know, for something on Saturday, but you get in on Friday, there's a couple of small venues that usually have some of the smaller local bands, too, playing as well. So you can't, I mean, music around in the South, you can usually throw a stone and find one. Yep. Brian, if you recall, our, our previous podcast guest, Scotty Bratcher, performed with Blackberry Smoke at the Shed a couple of years ago. Some of the clips that we've seen them when they did Deep Ellen Blues and a little uh, guitar contest with Charlie, that was at the Shed. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that, definitely. Carrie, uh, you also mentioned Whiskey Myers. Any involvement with the, their social media or meeting them or seeing no. them? Or? No, our only... our involvement with whiskey Myers is we're constantly uh, tagging them on Instagram and wearing Georgia Thunderbolts or Jive Mother Mary gear saying, Hey, when can Jive Mother Mary, the Georgia Thunderbolts open for whiskey Myers? We do that <laughs> quite a bit. Um, we do know the merch guy, Wes. Um, he's, he's on Instagram too, as well. And he is a super nice guy. Loves to talk to everybody. Um, he, if, Somebody is a is like a, a vet or something like that. He's really good about paying extra special attention to them. He's a practical joker. Every time he shakes my hand, he usually takes his finger and rubs the inside of my palm while he's shaking my hand. Every time. <laughs> but we made him a shirt one time because he's so nice and, and used to play on the words Wes into the word of awesome. Also using Whiskey Myers. I'll have to send you guys a picture, but he's a, he's a good guy. Um, but we that's about it. We really just try to get some of these smaller bands noticed by like whiskey Myers so that they could, you know, open for them and just have more exposure than they did previously. Yeah. So by the way, Brian and, and Carrie, it was a Manchester music hall in Lexington. That's the name of the place. I just had to look it up. <laughs> it's a cool I've place there. I've never yeah. been there. I want to, but I want to, I've never yep. been there. Seems like Instagram is a place where, you know, people have uh, get a hold of artists to talk to we got a couple of friends of ours that, that run the state of America podcast about the black crows. And I think that's how they got in touch with Brit and Charlie. So mm-hmm. I tried to do the same, but I haven't heard anything back yet. Yeah. Hopefully same when with they, me. <laughs> hopefully when they get that new record out, you know, we can, we can talk to those guys. That'd be really good too. Um, you talked about uh, uh, when we've been messaging back and forth earlier on, you uh, mentioned helping out with Otis and whiskey Foxtrot as well. Yeah, so um, Otis is a really great band. I think they they're are. very much, they need a lot more attention. Boone Frockett has a voice that's just phenomenal, and Steve Jewell can totally shred a guitar. That mm-hmm. is for sure. Um, we uh, They have their own line of coffee, by the way. So oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Is that on their, is that on their page, the merch part of the page? Yes, it is. And it's phenomenal. There's a little coffee shop in Glasgow called the Southern Cup. And there's a there's a barista that owns it. Her name is Renee. And so she knows a lot of these bands around there because they're all from there. So she's got coffee drinks that are named after them, the Blind Hog, the Blackstone Cherry and, you know, all this stuff. But that's how Otis got into the whole coffee business. Um, So. I know Steve pretty well and Boone, Greg and I both do. So we, you know, we just try to 
promote and offer our, our help. Same thing with Whiskey Foxtrot. If, if they're around, we'll go and see them. You just kind of, you just start talking to them and you have so much in common because you follow these bands or you listen to these bands in the same type genre and you just get to know each other. And I think that they, they know the people that want something out of them and the people that just want to see them succeed and are just genuine about it. You have some cool merch. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm I'm buying the coffee. <laughs> you should. The coffee is phenomenal. I had two cups this morning, so right during the podcast. <laughs> we uh we just recently right talked now. to Whiskey Foxtrot, and I like how you mentioned that. Like you get to know these people, and it's you know after for you know in my experience, like you talk you talk to these guys, and it's like this feeling of no, you know feels like I've known them like for years and years and years, you know, you don't, you know, and that's the way it's just this, this podcast and everyone we talk to, including you is that way. It's like, you, you've just like, we're, did we know each other in another life or did we, were we kids somewhere and all separated? Like, it's just, (laughs) it's, it's such a cool vibe, you know, like they're all, everyone's like that. And it just keeps us wanting to come back and talk to them more, you know, and whiskey Foxtrot definitely, had that that vibe you know and just hilarious guys and great stories I just loved it and they have a great they have a great relationship with each other it's that's really funny and you know and so they're so easy going them and other bands get along well but normally what happens to us is like my boyfriend's a walking encyclopedia of music i swear i mean i he can't he can't remember what we're going to do this weekend but he can remember everything about an album and when it came out and how many albums there were before and after and whatever so sounds like brian yeah <laughs> so yeah they should talk sometime but he will normally start talking so how we got to talking so much to whiskey foxtrot is he start he and i start talking to brad the bassist you know and they start talking about all the bands that Brad was involved in and music we've listened to growing up and what we listen to now and how it works out. And then it just goes, you know, and then you have these long conversations and then it's after, Hey, we're all going to go to the waffle house. Want to go with us? You know, and it, it just continues from that. Um, and that's normally the way that it, it goes, you know, uh, one of us is talking to one about, every music that we've listened to in our lives and the other of us are talking about, Hey, maybe we should do something like this. We could help you do that. Like I'm in for my real job. I'm in branding. I do a lot of branding for retail outlets. So I have some exposure to that and the logistics and implementation it takes. So sometimes I'm just talking to them about things that I've done in my past and maybe I can just help them, you know, get some stuff organized. So that's really nice of you to, you know, I know you're a music fan and stuff like that too, and you don't have to uh, give your time the way you are. So I'm sure everybody appreciates that. That's, that's, that's really nice of you. Thanks. I I like them. I I just want them to succeed. I think it's so much better than what you hear on the radio and people just need to hear them. It just takes it. It just takes like a riff. And I think people just be hooked you know, or Mason on his tiptoes or Logan just shredding that guitar like he had on Instagram this week. I mean, it it, it just takes a minute. You know? Yeah. And, and the sad part is I don't think the radio piece is really going to come back to, to break bands really too much anymore unless I'm just being naive about the whole thing. And the social media piece that you're doing, the stuff that like we're doing with podcasts are really going to be the main outlets other than seeing people live whenever we can do that again. Right. To, to help promote these bands. I mean, do you see any change with radio or, or any other kind of entertainment avenues right now? 
I mean, no, not really, because you have, you know, streaming services too as well. Mm-hmm. Most of the artists, you know, artists, they release it on Apple Music, Spotify, you right. know, Amazon Music too. Um, you know, they have it on YouTube. They put it on Facebook. They put something on yep. Instagram, you know, and all of that. And they're hitting most of their people and it's not costing them a thing, you know, which is great. And they get exposure to you know, lots and lots of people. I think it's almost kind of like, you know, you could sell something on a marketplace, you know, you sell something like at a yard sale, or you could put it on eBay and look at how many more people you can get, you know. So with social media, and you know, you're using that to promote right now, and I'm middle-aged, so I'm not the best at social media. I don't know what's cool. I don't think I've ever been on TikTok and my kids make fun of me. Um, your opinion, though, what is really the best social media platform right now to help promote and get engagement with, with these bands? I think you have to about just be on all of them. OK, okay. These, these bands, um, especially, you know, if they're the people that are listening to them are coming from Blackberry Smoke. They're, you know, they're of our age. So that would be, you know, 40s and up. Um, but, you know, unless the younger ones plan on pushing us to the front of the stage 20 or 30 years. <laughs> you know, they've got to get some youngers, right? They have right. to get some younger. So like my daughter is 22 and she, I raised her on just pure rock and roll, you know, kiss, all of that stuff. Even, you know, John Mellencamp and all that business. Nice. Right on, right on. Yeah. So she goes to, I mean, my brother and I have taken her to Motley Crue concerts, you know, and stuff like that. So she goes to the Georgia Thunderbolts she, she, and, you know, concerts with us. And I, and then she tells her friends, I think you have to get that. You have to do all of them in order to get the group. So I know that my 16 year old tried to get the Georgia Thunderbolts to do a Snapchat or TikTok video with her, you know, and whatever and, and stuff like that. And they said they would, and then we ran out of time, but <laughs> they have to just about be on all of them. There has to be a presence. And right now we're trying to figure out with some of these bands, how we do something on either TikTok or Snapchat, because they have to get that exposure. Uh, They have to get a younger group with the group that they have now, the group that are like of our age, you know, we have money, you know, we have Mm -hmm. some money to spend, right. And the younger groups, we just want to get them engaged and staying so that as they go through then that's where they spend their money and that's what they get involved with. And that's what they promote. And that just keeps the band with some staying power and, you know, longevity that way. So, you know, you're going to a lot of these events, you're doing a lot of these promotions, going to festivals. What, what do the crowds look like? Like what are you seeing in terms of age groups of people going to these shows? When you go to Blackberry Smoke, you'll see them of all ages, mostly, you know, mostly of, you know, 40 and above, but they make it, it's a family affair, just like brothers and sisters reunion. You know, they spend all weekend there and they camp and they bring the family. I know we bring all our kids. Um, We went to a, um, we went to, um, where did we go? It was in Kentucky. And we went and we told the kids that there were going to be rides there, but we just were going to see Blackstone Cherry and the, and the Josephine. So, you know, but that was okay. Um, you told me it's a car ride. You had a car ride. That's the ride. <laughs> I think the 16-year-olds wanted to kill us, but that was okay. And, uh, but, you know, you see all. Now, I'll tell you, like, when we went to Sidetracks, when it was, like, um them Dirty Roses and the Georgia Thunderbolts or Magnolia mm-hmm. Bayou, they have a lot more that are in the 20-something group 
Good. And I think that's because they're younger, right? And they're, so they're bringing the younger, like the friends that they went to high school with that said, man, they're now making it are coming to their shows and telling their friends. And um, when the Georgia Thunderbolts opened for Almond Bets, I was surprised by the number of young, um, there was young men and women that were there from a college nearby. And then I know that the striker group in Facebook and then also on Instagram for both the band page and the fan page, we like garnered another hundred people after that show, all of a younger age. So, you know, I saw the coolest thing a couple of years back on the brothers and sisters, you know, group. And there's this little girl who she said, I went to my first Blackberry smoke show at the tabby. She called <laughs> it the tabby instead of the tabernacle. That was so yeah. cool. I like that you mentioned John Mellencamp too. It was like that era of aha and, and scarecrow and the lonesome Jubilee was, was just, was great. I, that's, that's so cool. Um, getting back to the radio thing again. Um, you know, I, I read an interview with both uh, Britt and Charlie. They were on the same interview at different times and they both said well like we don't they don't think their crowd is really concerned with fm radio you know and i always like I'm like yeah true but i just think it's just such a, a tragedy that these songs not tragedy that's a little over dramatic word but these songs aren't being heard by people but maybe those people don't get it or they just listen to music for background noise i mean because i really love what's going on down there with all these bands because you know like for example jason our big uh, Black Crows fans. So when they come out, they came out. Then you had like a little bit after that, there was Cry Love that Oddly Freed was in, and Brother Kane and the Four Horsemen, and that all fizzled out. But to me, I see it as better now because you have all these bands that we mentioned and listen to. It's just, I mean, I feel so grateful that all these bands from down there are coming out doing their thing. You know, they're not out there getting rich and they're not complaining about it. They're not complaining like, oh, we don't have a big, huge record company behind us. We don't have a FM radio behind us. But I think once again, maybe they just look at, you know, I call Blackberry Smoke the flagship because those guys have been very successful, just brick by brick, building it, you know, building it up from the ground up. And, you know, those guys do pretty well from themselves. I would agree. There's another good band and they're probably, they've been in a little longer than Blackberry Smoke and they're on North Carolina called Southern Culture on the Skids. I don't know. Yeah, if I remember those guys. Yeah. And they, you know, at one time when they started, you know, like they were on the Today Show and they were they had a radio hit. Yeah, they had a yeah. single, yeah. And they're still around. Like, you know, Mary still shows up at the Gray Eagle, which maybe holds a couple hundred people. And the stage is, I mean, it's just right there. The stage is maybe nine inches off the ground. And you're just right with them. And Mary comes in and she puts her wig and her makeup on and, you know, and all of that. But, you know, they had it big. And I think that they just wanted to stay true to the music. I think they didn't want to get into all of that over commercial stuff, which I think also speaks volumes. I think, you know, they just want to they just want to play, you know, they just want to play and hone their craft and entertain people and be entertained. I have no doubt that they probably enter entertained by all the faces and things they see in the crowd. So, you know, we've seen bands, you know, they, they represent Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia and Tennessee. And it's so nice to see that North Carolina, of course, is represented by Jive Mother Mary and Whiskey Foxtrot. And I think those guys, Whiskey Foxtrot mentioned, you know, like Asheville being like a pretty, pretty big place for all the arts and that. So it's it's great. It's just great to see all these, you know, bands coming from just about every state down there. Of course, Texas and Florida and, 
Virginia with Southern governor. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's In Asheville, they also have a place called the Orange Peel. So it's a pretty right, good size. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good size. Now they just partnered with Asheville Brewing Company to build like an outdoor venue that is down right there in downtown Asheville. So really cool. it's, you know, so they, they've kind of got both. And I don't know, they started that before COVID hit. So I'm not sure, you know, how they, if they got to a point and they're just holding or whatever, because you, you know, Asheville is pretty, you know, guarded right now. So it's not like you just go travel down there and check out yeah. things, but yeah. And there's framing the red from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, mm -hmm. Do you go to any blues festivals at all? What's, what's your, you into blues at all? I, I love blues. Um, I like blues quite a bit. We normally do not go to festivals um, because the, you know, it's just, it's so big. And like, you'll see um, there might be two bands that you want to see playing on two different stages at the same time, which makes right. it difficult, mm -hmm. but we will go if it's one that we're truly following. Um, so there's one that's in Johnson city and the Steelwoods are supposed to play it like this last year. I think, yeah, the Steelwoods are supposed to play it. So we definitely would have went, you know, wanting to see them, um, but that's the only problem with with festivals as far as there's so many great acts you want to see and how do you get yourself in front of multiple states at one time. Right. You no, know, blues is phenomenal. And um, and I know they're not fully blues, but they definitely have a bluesy sound to them. And, and Otis is is really good about that. And they definitely have that blended into their music. I was just talking to Boone before the show, chatting with them, and they're going to be on. We're going to have those guys on as well great. in March. So, yeah. Um, so anything you want to add, Jason? Yeah, so a couple things. I will say that there's a lot of really good rock music, young, up-and-coming mm -hmm. music, and just people that have been around for a while, too. It's really sad that they don't have great avenues to get that out there because I'll tell you honestly, before I started working with Brian on this podcast, and I was following him on Facebook ahead of time and stuff like that because we had some conversations for a while. I'm like, I had no idea these bands were out here, particularly things I really like my friends would really like and there is no good vessel to get them out there it's a shame so things like that you're doing to help promote them and get 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 them out there brian like you starting the podcast same thing thank god for you guys because i wouldn't know about this stuff and other people wouldn't know about this stuff because i certainly know extended and that's just the, the the tough part about the music industry right now is there really is it's word of mouth again and it's social media and if you guys aren't doing what you're doing. We're not going to know about these good bands that are out here that these last six, eight months, I've just come to really, really enjoy. So thanks to both of you guys for what you're doing. And thanks to me too, because I'm part of this yeah. podcast now. <laughs> yeah. It's because of me. We all know. <laughs> so, but, it, but it's sad. It's really sad. Is there any band, like if we were to have, if any band that we haven't mentioned or that we haven't had on the Facebook group that you were going to say, you really got to see this band or this performers or anyone you can think of that we haven't mentioned that might just knock our socks off have you seen the red clay strays i've yeah i've heard of them i've heard, i've listened to some stuff yeah um magnolia bayou is pretty good friends with those guys that's a good one uh them dirty roses uh there was one i just ran across them yesterday hang on i'll look them up and i was listening to some of their stuff it was really great um hang on and the delta sons they're out of nashville 
Yeah, the Delta Suns out of Nashville. And yeah, they describe themselves as heartfelt Southern rock is their tagline. Yeah. Right on, right on. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Stone Senate? No. Check them out. We had them on. We had uh, the lead singer on a couple months ago. And they, I mean, they're out of Nashville. Nashville, Mississippi, some of the guys. Right, Brian? Yes. They're a good band. Check them out. They have a new single coming out here in a couple of weeks. They've got, uh, I think, three albums out at the at the the moment um their last album star city is really good so carrie check them out stone i will senate. stone senate and one other one that you asked me because i just remembered and i haven't seen her in a while because she's haven't traveled is uh sarah shook and the disarmers so they're also out of north carolina so she's really good i remember she played a gig and but two strings broke on her guitar as she's playing a gig and she just takes a, a big old knife off the side pocket that she had on her belt and just cuts her strings and changes them out herself in the middle of the set and gets back up there and plays. And she is very, very good. So. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for being on. I, I really, really appreciate everything you do for this kind of music. Absolutely. And I'm just really proud to be part of the Southern rock community with, with you and, and all that. So we just really, really appreciate you being on. Yeah, sure. and I think you're going to do some show reports for us, too, at some point, like some road reports once these things really kick off again. Right, Brian? Well, ask Carrie. I hope so. <laughs> I, absolutely, I absolutely will. I've already kind of, you know, prepped the bands that this is what I was going to do. That's how I got Zach outside. And I was like, okay, I saw gonna, that. I said, I'm going to interview you because nobody hardly ever, you know, you don't hardly talk. So I'm going to make you talk. You He's know, the bass player, you know, the poor bass players are off on their own. <laughs> but he's so old school and nobody knows that. He's really like an old man in a young man's body. When he starts talking, I'm like, we're going to get some this on well, Somebody's He's going to be on our bass player special because we did a guitar one and Brian's a bass player. So we got it and he'll have to be on the guitar round, or the bass player round table. Yeah, he's he's very good and he's a great one to talk to. Highly intelligent individual. Really good. So. All right. Thank you again so much, Carrie. And we look forward to having yeah. you on again. All right. Yes. Thanks. thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Well, we just got done talking to Carrie Gates. Uh, of course, the administrator for the Georgia Thunderbolts, Jive Mother Mary. And Tennessee Champagne Facebook groups. Oh, she's uh, a guru, really, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She is a big part of the Southern Rock community and the promotion with all that. And uh, I just can't say enough how thankful we are to have been talked to her and be able to network with her and and just push this message out there to hopefully more people that that can hear this kind of music. Yeah, you know, and I said in an interview too is it thinks to her and people like her who are who love the music and are willing to give their time and their abilities to help promote these bands because there's nobody else really doing it other than their friends and family. And we wouldn't know about these great bands that we've talked to on the podcast the last couple months otherwise. Yeah, you know, and then she mentions a couple other bands that we either haven't talked to or haven't heard quite yet. I know like the Red Clay Strays, the Delta Suns, and... Chuck uh, and the, and the uh, Disarmers. Yeah, and I had heard of them. I, I just I think I've heard a little bit of stuff, but we'll definitely be be checking that out. You know, of course she's you know she's seen so many shows, and she's seen Blackberry Smoke at the Shed and the Family Reunion at the Tabernacle. Uh, I just can't say enough uh, just how how great that is and everything that she does. So, what else do you take from that, Jason? No, I mean. It- Again, she kind of called into attention a lot of the uh, great southern states or great states that are producing some really outstanding rock, southern rock bands right now, too. And it's just not a Georgia thing or a Florida thing or Mississippi. It is it's growing. There's a lot of good people out and about. 
uh, name some good venues to go out and, and check some music out too that I'm going to go back and take some notes on uh, when this podcast comes out that I can drive to relatively close from Ohio that I'm absolutely going to go to once this COVID thing uh, goes away. And hopefully we'll be on the other side of that pretty soon. So, so. yeah, I don't know. I uh, don't really have much to add to that. Just that she's a great, great uh, guest, great conversation, great hang. Or to working with her a little bit more from some of really, her report. really appreciate yeah. that. So the only thing I left to say is always remember Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Bang. 
All my friends got money for cocaine All my friends got money for cocaine I'm hawking off my stuff And they can't seem to get enough All my friends got money for It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.